Blog Talk Radio.
now.
Welcome to our Wednesday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host, Sean, um, joined by Chris later on. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. We're going to spend the next two hours um, taking your prayer request, interceding interceding for um, you, for the nations, for pretty much whoever needs prayer tonight. Um, we already have someone in our um, on the line who we're going to be praying for. Well, I'm going to be praying for in just a minute because they want to pray off the air, which we'll do. Um, Well, sorry about that, technical difficulties. It looks like Skype's having issues tonight. Anyway, so, um, you know, we're going to pray a lot tonight, um, I have a feeling. Um, And so to kick it off, um, someone made a request last night in the chat room um, toward the end of the broadcast that um, we pray for everybody in their relationship with the Father. Um, So let's start there. Father, uh, Jesus. Lord, above everything else, we desire your presence, Father. We desire to know you in a greater way, in a deeper way, Father. Lord, we desire to know the reality of your presence in our lives. We desire to hear your voice, Father. We desire to see you, Lord, to know your presence, Father, in our lives. Father, even our listeners, Lord, are desiring, Father, they're hungry, Lord, and they're thirsty for you. They're hungry and they're thirsty for your righteousness, which is exactly what you said that we should seek, Father. Lord, Moses said that he wanted to know you. Paul said that The only thing that was worth anything was to know you, Jesus, that we could be found in you. So, Father, in your name, Lord, I ask that you would increase the intimacy you have with every person who's listening right now, Lord. Even those listening to the archives, Lord, Father, that you would draw them into the secret place that your word talks about, Father. Holy Spirit, reveal to us Jesus. Manifest his life through our lives, Father. Manifest his life in us and through us. Fill us with your presence, Holy Spirit. Let our houses be filled with your presence, Lord. Like the scripture said that your spirit descended and the priest and the singers could not minister because of the cloud of your glory, Father. Father, and we don't seek your glory in such a way just to say that we have it. But Jesus, we really desire to be in your presence. So, Father, reveal that to us tonight, Lord. Reveal that to us in our own lives, in our own walks with you, Father. 
develop your covenant inside of us, develop your idea of a relationship inside of us. You said that you no longer cuddle as servants because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but you call us friends. Father, we have so many friends in this world, but we desire to be be able to equally say that Jesus is our friend, to actually know him, to not let it be just words that we say, but for it to be the reality in which we conduct every aspect of our lives. So, Father, we lay our lives down before you, Lord. We lay every desire down, every thought, every intention, every hope, every motivation. Lord, we lay every expectation that we have down. Father, and with open hands, Lord, with open arms, Father, we embrace your will for our lives, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us to your truth, Father, that you would reveal to us your perspective on our lives and on our situations, Father. You would give us your vision, Father. Our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. We're going to spend a lot of time worshiping tonight just because we're going to probably end up spending a lot of time praying for people throughout the night. Um, So stick with us. Enjoy the presence of Jesus. Um, You know, I've said this a couple times, and I'll say it again. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I've been in, in and out of church services, meetings, and stuff my entire life, it seems. Um, and I've been to some amazing, amazing services, and I've been into some churches where you could walk in and feel the presence of God, and then I've been into some church services where I could barely stay awake. Um, in all reality, um, I've been to prayer meetings and Bible studies and just worship meetings where you get out of your car to walk up to someone's house and his presence so fills the atmosphere that you can feel his presence before you even get to the door. You know, I've listened to I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of sermons. I couldn't tell you how many times I read the Bible. But I can tell you that there's nothing more real than his presence. It may not always be there the way you expect it, but it will be there. And you will learn more in your lifetime from sitting in his presence than from every sermon or teaching that you could ever hear. You know, the disciples said when they the when the bit the Bible was written it said, I think it was Luke or Mark who said that if all the acts and miracles that Jesus did were written down that not any book in the world or all the books in the world could contain them. And we as believers seek to know him who has done so much so much that we know about and then so many things that we yet have no concept of even 
to know who he was before he became a man is beyond human comprehension to know God. And now that he has been exalted to the right hand of the Father, seated next to his Father, given the name that is above every name, made to be priest and judge, the only one in heaven or earth worthy to open the seals. And this is a Jesus that we long to know. And, you know, while sermons may be good and while preaching may be good, it doesn't compare to what happens when you go behind the veil that he has become. And you step into that place of intimacy. You step into that place of unity and oneness with the Father where you just bask in his presence. And you just take in what it's like to be in the presence of the living God. So um, we'll put some worship on and pray for a little bit. And then um, we'll be back in just a few minutes.
Just tell him how good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. If you need prayer um, for anything, please give us a call. Um, It's interesting that um, usually the last person, um, you know, um, let's change that up a little bit. Um, The problem with sin is that sin, usually in general, makes you want to hide your face from the Lord, just like Adam and Eve did. Um, And so you end up running away from the Father when you should be running toward Him because you see a separation that's really not there. It would have been there if it hadn't been for the blood of Jesus. But now the Father looks at you, and, you know, the Bible says that when Jesus died, the veil of the temple when he was crucified on the cross, there was an earthquake and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And it says in Hebrews that he has become the veil that was the veil that was separating us from the presence of the Father. Jesus became that veil. Um, he literally removed the wall of separation between us and the Father and became the and became the mediator between us and the Father. And so when we are looking at ourselves, we see our sin. And so we try to hide ourselves from the presence of God. But when the Father's looking at us, he's looking at us, and all he sees is Jesus. And so, you know, whatever situation you go through, whatever issues happen, um, you know, the last place we usually want to go is to the presence of God, but it's always the first place we should be because it's the one place we're always accepted, um, no matter what. And... um so I'll just lay that out there. Um, <laughs> number two is, I guess I'll throw this out there, is that, you know, um, no, I don't think I'll go there. Maybe I will. You know, I said it the other night, um, a couple nights ago, I All right, well, sorry about that. I'm actually back now in the host queue. I guess we're having issues with blog talk tonight because I keep getting disconnected. Um, and so I just want to apologize any of you who are <clears throat> having to refresh over and over again. Um, so, because I got kicked out. So now we're back in there. Um, with um, We still got a little bit of time until the second half of our broadcast starts. Um, so, um, where were we? We were praying. You know what? Let's just forget the message tonight. Let's just go back to prayer. (sighs) Father, Lord, your word declares that 
All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to your purpose, Lord. Father, and we choose to take your word seriously, Lord. Father, we choose and make it our choice, Lord, to believe your words, Father, to believe you and take you at your word, Father. And so, Father, we know that all things work together. Anything that happens in our life that you will cause to turn out for the good, Father, for those of us who are diligent, Lord, to seek your face, those who are diligent, Father, to serve you, Lord, to lay their lives down for you, Father, those who are willing to lay aside the things of this world in order that they may serve you, Lord. Father, um, Lord, every one of our listeners have different areas, Father, where they need to hear you, Father, where they need insight, Father. So I ask, Lord, that you would give them, every one of them, wisdom, Lord. Give them supernatural wisdom, Father. Give them discernment, Lord. Father, give them knowledge, Lord about your will and the situations that they find themselves in, Lord. Father, for anyone out there who needs healing, Lord, you know, let's do this. Um, If anybody out there needs um, healing for anything, whether it's a broken foot or um, or a disease or whatever, um, we're going to pray. And we've been, I've been trying to get into the habit of doing it every night and so you have to forgive me sometimes that I forget or we run out of time or whatever. But, um, you know, Jesus still heals people. He said he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's not about me praying. It's about the Word of God. Um, I could get a five-year-old in here um, to pray, and it wouldn't matter what words that were said. All that matters is that his Word declares that by his stripes we are healed. And that's the end of it. That's the end of discussion, is that he said, by his stripes we are healed. He said that whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will have the things which you ask. And so, you know, he also said that if two or more of you are gathered together in my name, that I am there in the midst. Well, there's a lot more than two of us who are listening to this broadcast right now. So, um... So what I want you to do is, whatever part of your body needs healing, put your hand over that part of your body. Um, If it's someone else, someone you know that needs healing, someone who's in a hospital or something like that, or even someone who's just not near you, I want you to put your hand on whatever part of your body represents whichever part of their body needs healing. And we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to heal them and to heal you. So, Father, and Lord, I love coming before you, Lord, and I love praying, and Lord, I love seeking your face, Father, knowing that it has nothing to do with me, Lord, knowing that I have not one ounce of ability to heal anybody, but it's all through your Holy Spirit, Father, it's all through your word. So, Daddy... Daddy, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, I ask for complete and total healing 
over every single one of these people who need healing, Lord. Father, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would heal them completely and totally. Your word says that by your stripes, Jesus, they are healed. So in the name of Jesus, we command every sickness to go right now. Every disease, every infirmity, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every bit of arthritis go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every bit of it, every bit of soreness in the name of Jesus go. Every muscular dysfunction right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask for complete and total healing through the blood of Jesus. Every neurological disease every neurological problem. We command every nerve to line up with the Word of God right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If any of you have a problem hearing, put your hands, make sure you have your hands on your ears. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I command those ears to open up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, completely loose those ears and have them open, Father. Father, cause healing, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, according to your word, Lord. Jesus, be glorified through your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for confirming your word, Father. Thank you for glorifying Jesus Christ. Father, whatever they need healed for right now, Lord, I pray that you would meet them at the point of their need, Lord. Whatever needs to be healed, Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would heal them. You know, he said, um, my grace is sufficient. And he said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And, you know, um, a lot of us, we hear that scripture and we assume it has, it's about our walk, uh, it's about struggles. But, you know, sometimes it's not about our struggles. Sometimes we need his strength and our own ability to believe him, our own ability to trust him, our own ability to come near him. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. But we being a flesh, even though we are born again into the newness of life, um, you know, sometimes we have we struggle to try to get close enough. And we always find ourselves falling short, but we fall upon the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that point is when his strength becomes sufficient for us. That's when his grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in our weakness, which includes drawing us near to the Father. So whatever issue that prevents you from getting to the place that you want to be with him is where you need to give those areas over to him. And it's where you need to completely take your hands off the situation and let him do what you can't do even in your own life, even in your family's life, even in your friend's life. You know, we can worry and we can try to figure out um, 
a million different solutions or um but in the long run it comes down to just trusting him number one that he is who he says he is and if you believe that he is who he says he is then you would you could believe that his word is true and that he'll do everything that he said he would do. He said that my word would not return to me void, but it'll accomplish that for which I sent it. And whether it's healing, whether it's salvation, whether you have a marriage that needs to be restored or reconciled, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even think. The greatest thing and the height of your expectation for what you think the Father can do in your life, in your marriage, in your ministry, is just the very tip of the iceberg compared to his glory and power. There's nothing that he can't do. He said the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. It's all a matter of turning your eyes on him. You know, um, we um, had a lesson recently about, um, well, about a month ago about Peter when he was walking on the water toward Jesus. And, you know, when he fell, because uh, he started looking at his own situation and tried to start saving himself. Um, and he realized, all of a sudden he's like, well, there's water and I shouldn't be walking on the water. And the problem was he started looking at his own abilities and he started to freak out, which we as humans do quite often. But the second he cried out to the Lord, Jesus, it says Jesus reached down and grabbed him and saved him. And, you know, no matter what you go through, no matter what issues you have, he's always within earshot. His arm is not too short that it cannot save. All that it takes is you being willing to come to him and lay down your own expectation of your abilities in a situation and trust him to be able to intercede on your behalf and those things that you can't do. You know, healing's the same way. Um, we become obedient to the Father by praying for people to be healed. But he's the one who does the healing. And it's him that gets the glory and honor for everything that happens, for everything he does. It's not our glory to take or even to wish we had. It all belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only exalted one. He is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, crowned with glory and honor. So if you need prayer for something, our call in number tonight, 619-638-8458. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back.
Tell him how good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. Well, praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio, and just picking up the last half of the broadcast. And broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas this evening. Sean, of course, out of Plano, Texas. And uh, we're just giving God praise, giving God glory, just declaring that he is mighty to save. You know, God is able to save to the uttermost. And you know, you need to wrap your brain around the promises of God. You need to wrap your heart, wrap your mind. Just become surrounded with the promises. You know, even the book of Acts. If we want to look at New Testament Christianity, let's just look at the book of Acts and see the promises there. Acts 1, 4, and 5. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 1, 4 and 5. God promises you shall receive power. Okay, Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. All right. Jesus is going to come back the same way that he left. Promise. Jesus is coming back. Acts 1.10-11, through 11, listen to this. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, talking about the angels. So by the tomb, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So there's a promise from the word of God that Jesus is coming back. When the skies split and he went up, listen, the same way the skies are going to split, he's going to come back down. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 1, 2, 4. Listen. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's 2, 1, 2, 4. Hey, God's promise, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was an example in the book of Acts when the 
first outpouring on the New Testament church took place. That was the recorded moment in history. Here's a promise for you. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a promise from the book of Acts, Acts 2, actually 21, but let's read 17 through 21. Listen to this. It shall come to pass in the last days, God says, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit. And in those days they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. The moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's another one. Death could not keep Jesus in its grip. Acts 2, 23 through 24. But you followed God's prearranged plan with the help of lawless Gentiles. You nailed him to the cross and murdered him. However, God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life again. So death could not keep him in its grip. Death could not hold him down. It's a promise. And if you're in Christ, you get that same promise. Death can't keep you down. Acts 2.20, or Acts 2.30 through 32, rather. Therefore, David, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with him an oath to him of the fruit of his body according to the flesh, that he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. For seeing this, but concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, of which we are all witnesses. You see, God has raised up Jesus. He's not on the cross. He's not on the tomb. He's not in the arms of a of a Mary, like so many pictures portray him. He's not a baby Jesus anymore. He's coming back with fire in his eyes, hair like wool. Upon a white horse with the words faithful and true. And behind him will be armies of angels. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Listen to this promise. Acts 2, 36 through 38. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. 
and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he continues, for the promise is to you. See, here's a promise for you and your children. For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. You see, the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you'll repent, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, it doesn't matter if you're a Gentile, it doesn't matter if you've been raised in church or not, it doesn't matter if you've ever stepped foot in a church store, but if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. You'll begin to seek the Lord and repent and turn from your ways and ask him for his. He'll fill you, he'll bless you, he'll allow you to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And see this promise of salvation, this promise of fellowship with God, the promise of intimacy with God, it's not just for you alone. It's for you and your household, you and your children, you and your family. You and your parents. And it doesn't stop there. God says, repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. So times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. All the families shall be blessed. Listen to this. You are the sons of the prophets. That the covenant which God has made with our fathers saying to you. And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So begin to claim that if you're in Christ, begin to claim blessing over your family. Begin to claim blessing over the families of the earth. See, this word is filled with promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. You've got to begin to get the word of God in your mouth. Hide the word in your heart. When you have a situation in, in when you're in crisis, when you're facing a, a circumstance that's too big for you or it seems impossible, you need to begin to get the word of God in your mouth See, if you're in Christ, you're marked by the Holy Spirit. See, because of what Christ did, all you others do is see Ephesians 113, the Living Bible, who heard the good news about how to be saved, trusted Christ, were marked as belonging to Christ by the Holy Spirit, who long ago had been promised to all of us Christians. God has told us his secret reason for sending Christ a plan he decided on in mercy long ago and this was his purpose. And this was his purpose. So when the time is right he will gather us all together from wherever we are in heaven or on earth to be with him in Christ forever. Ephesians 1, 9 through 10, the Living Bible. Praise God.
This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. We're just looking through the Word of God, just picking out some promises, worshiping the Lord, just thanking God. You know, God is not slow concerning His promises in your life.
Praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio, and the calling number is 619-638-8458. Email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com, and the website is www.prayerinternational.org. Well, glory to God, just want to read a chapter of the Word. All right. Let's go. First Timothy chapter one. Uh, it says, "Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of our God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope." Question: Who is your hope? Which is your hope? Is your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul's was. Timothy's was. Verse 2. Unto Timothy, my own son, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord. See, God is the one that brings us faith. It's the fruit of the Spirit, grace, mercy, peace. They're byproducts, they're fruits of the Spirit. They come from God. Verse 3. I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some, that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. 
Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, out of a good conscience, and the faith unfeigned. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside into vain jingling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for righteous man, but the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for men players, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Now, the first 11, we'll stop there for a minute. What he's saying is, hey, this gospel, the law, wasn't given to righteous men, because righteous men knew what the law was. Righteous men and women walked in the commandments of God that kept the law. It was given to those that that disobeyed different points of the law. 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust, and I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me so that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant, with faith and love which was in Christ. This is a faithful thing and worthy of all anticipation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. I bid for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me, first Jesus Christ, might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which is hereafter believed. Let's read that again, verse 16. How be it? For this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering, for a pattern to them which should, should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, the honor and glory forever. Amen. Think about that statement. Now unto the King, King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God the honor and glory forever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hananias, and Alexander, of whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may not learn to blaspheme. Praise God. That's chapter 1 of 1 Timothy, and we'll read chapter 2, going to some worship. I exhort, therefore, on the first of, of all, 
supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I have ordained a preacher and apostle, I speak the truth in Christ, and I lie not, the teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And like men are also, the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefaced, soberly, sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but that which becomes of a woman professing godliness with good works. But the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to assert authority over a man, but to be in silence. Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, in charity, holiness, and sobriety. That was chapter 2.
We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything. Coming after you I'm coming after you 
Yeah. 